nursing home stays can easily run over $100,000 per year. That cost is a big source of fear for older Americans, 70% of whom are going to need some form of long-term care in their lifetime. So long-term care insurance seems like a great answer. So why do only 3 to 4% of people have coverage? Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. Hey, come join our ever-growing community on LinkedIn, where you can access Care Talk content and interact with the hosts. And be sure to leave us a rating, too, on Apple or Spotify while you're at it. So, John. David. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, Jump into these complicated things like long-term care insurance. Let's start with what is long-term care insurance? Shouldn't Isn't insurance cover, doesn't my health insurance cover everything? John, I thought you were going to start even like, what is what is long-term care? But let's start with long-term care insurance, then we can work our way back to what is long-term care. So no, your, your health insurance doesn't cover long-term care. You know, it's going to cover a short-term stay, uh, you know, in a, in a nursing home if you need to be discharged after you're in an accident or something, God forbid. But uh, yeah, if you need long-term care, uh, you know, over 30 or 60 days, you're not going to get it through your regular health insurance or through Medicare. So if you want to, if you don't want to pay for it yourself, you need long-term care insurance. But I, 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 again, just to keep the confusion to a minimum, we've got home care, we've got nursing home care, we've got all these other forms of care that are, that are paid for by Medicare and health health insurance. What's different about long-term care that differentiate that that makes it different than regular healthcare insurance. So you're going to find that um, first of all, most people, your confusion, John, you should, you should you're in good company. Okay, so they, if you ask people if they have long term care insurance, 18 percent of adults say yes, including 27 percent of millennials, but only about maybe three, maybe four percent of adults actually have a long term care insurance, and they're mostly older people. So the millennials, as as maybe you know, pessimistic as like they are. <laughs> yeah. They seem to think they have long-term care insurance. So you would assume, yeah, you know, I'm covered, but no, uh, nursing homes in particular, are not covered uh, by Medicare. If you look at who actually pays uh, for the cost of uh, long-term care, 70% of it, a little bit more is from public sources. 44% of the total is Medicaid. That's the program for the poor, but we'll come back to that in a second. Medicare does pay for about 20%. Uh, other public, including the VA, so for veterans, is about 6%. And the, the rest is private. And the 29% or so that's private, out of pocket is 14%. Insurance is only 8%. And then there's philanthropy, if you're lucky enough, which is which is 7%. So, John, Medicaid is the big payer here. That's kind of funny. Well, I think I think what the the difference that 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 people need to understand, and that and I teed you up for that obvious statistical point, David. You should be Thank thanking you. me. For I that, appreciate. It. Thank is, you very much. Is Sean. that it? Is that there is a there is a differentiation that's that grays a little bit when you get into Medicare and Medicaid between strictly medical expenses, like you're in a car crash, you break your hip, you uh, need acute infusions because you've got cancer. Uh, and then, and then the things that affect activities of daily living, which is to say, as people age, they often have a number of services that are pretty essential activities of daily living, like washing yourself, feeding yourself, uh, ba- basic things that as if you have the good fortune to live a very long life, your lifespan 
how long you live will extend well beyond your health span, where you're healthy enough to actually manage your daily life. And much of the long-term care, which is assisted living, as well as nursing homes, as well as uh, home health aids, home aids, home health meaning health-related uh, aids to the home, aids to the home just being really custodial support, cleaning, picking up after yourself, organizing the house, feeding, cleaning, your, the, the patients are, are, is much more in that activity of daily living area. And really what often qualifies you or triggers long-term care insurance for the form of long-term care you have is you you fail two of the basic activities of daily living, things like being able to clean yourself and eat. And, and, and David, the reality is with, with, with the age of the population, um, ranging, you know, you, you used to, used to be, it's why the age of retirement's 65. People used to, uh, to, to die at a much younger age, you know, at, at around six in, in the sixties, in the fifties. Well, right now the average, the average American is going to grow to, to, to age to at least 77. And you've got the baby boomers of 10,000 people turning Medicare, uh, eligible every year. And, and a lot of them are going to be over every, 75. John, used to say, John, every day, every year, every day. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and what that means is you've got an increasingly large percentage of the population, uh, that's relatively healthy. That's going to age into this area of long-term care. And David, the uh, long-term care industry is not uh, faring very well. Do you want to talk a little no. bit about how 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 the uh, how, uh, how how things are going for the long-term care industry that's supposed to be caring for the older folks that you and I will be soon? Yeah. Well, John, you know, I was looking at you know long-term care as you say to everyone. Many people are going to need it, and so it makes sense you want to have insurance for it. And as I said, many people think that they do. And so I was looking at just like, how much does this cost? And it depends is the answer. And it depends on a lot of things like your age, your health, the amount of coverage that you want, whether you want to keep up with inflation and whether it's individual coverage or coverage with, with a spouse. Now, interestingly here, gender factors in too, you know, in, in health insurance in general, you don't, don't allow for gender, but uh, the truth is that uh, women are likely to need care, uh, long-term care more than men. Uh, and for longer periods of time, so price is higher. Well, they live longer. Men yeah. tend to die more abruptly. Good and for them. So, so, but so the average I mean, is. But anyway, the average the, the price of long term care insurance is about five thousand dollars a year for a couple on average for one hundred sixty five thousand dollars of coverage. That varies a lot. Now, how is the industry doing? Well, the long term care. Wait a sec. Before you go there, since you didn't answer my question initially, what is that one hundred sixty five? thousand dollars of coverage which sounds like a lot what does that actually cover if you and your spouse were to buy that yeah well first of all if you'd have to be certified that you have those two activities of daily living at least that uh you can't do yourself and the denial rates have actually gone up on that from uh, really low numbers up uh, closer to 10 percent. so you got to make sure that you're really incapable uh, of doing some of these things but that would cover about a year and a half in the average priced nursing home, because uh, the nursing home is, a, is just over $100,000 a year. And people on average actually do go to a nursing home for about that that time frame. So that's about what that covers, John. That's what that's based on. Now, it can be used so, also for home care in some cases too, or assisted living. 
Uh, so there is the possibility for the newer forms of insurance to be able to use it for that, uh, even though that historically has just been for the nursing home. Yeah, historically, the need was that people identified in the 60s and 70s that there would be an explosion, that there would be a, this would be a great growth industry, and they would cover nursing home stays, which were relatively inexpensive. And the need, the, the, the way people actually w have chosen to live is a lot less time in nursing homes, a lot more interest in, in getting care to the home. But before we get to how the actual long-term care industry has evolved, let's talk a little bit about that, that uh, great idea people had in the seventies of, of building long-term care insurance companies and selling long-term care insurance to everyone. How's the industry fared yeah. in providing the insurance? Well, it worked pretty well for a while, John, before the uh, chickens came home to roost, otherwise known as the baby boomers, and people started to live longer and have longer stays and for those stays to be more expensive. And so uh, the companies hadn't done too well. And in fact, uh, they've been raising premiums over time and some of them have gone uh, bankrupt. So in general, it's been a loser in terms of a line of insurance. They underestimated the cost and they overestimated the percentage of people who would let their policy lapse. Now, normally what happens is, you know, people pay premiums for a number of years, but if they stop, then if they have a need, then they're not covered. But what happened is that instead of a roughly 4% a year of people canceling their policies, it's been more like 1%. So they've got people that have stuck with it and then they get slammed. Now, COVID, I mean, which was bad. David, 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 to be fair, these guys had to have been knuckleheads. They sold hundreds of thousands of policies in the 70s and 80s to a growing population that by every estimation was living longer and would need, because it's, because the longer you live, uh, the, the, the more likely you are to need uh, uh, long-term care insurance. And frankly, because you're older, you're going to need more of it. How yeah. they missed that, I don't know. But literally, the number of companies that provided long-term care insurance was in the was over a hundred yeah. in the eighties, and I think it's down to fifteen to twenty now. So the industry has been decimated. Oh yeah, by by bad decisions. Yeah, well, John, the thing is that you know the the long time frames here are are an issue, right? So the people that made those decisions now they're retired. In fact, they probably enjoyed you know their life in the nursing home. Uh, at this point, at the, you know, they got their bonus. They're going to claw back the bonus from beyond the grave. So that seems unlikely. Now, they, a, a good positive for the uh, long-term care insurers was uh, COVID because, John, during the pandemic, a, a couple things happened. First of all, a lot of the policyholders just died uh, because they didn't need their coverage, you know, because they're dead. And then others went actually went home from the nursing home and were taken home. So, so there was a, a little blip there for a couple of years where – uh, they were making money, uh, but those th that has now come and gone. Now there's some, you know, a big issue of of the price of care going up, John. And that, although it's predictable, healthcare costs have gone up. Maybe you know it's gone up to a greater extent. Some of that has to do uh, with the crackdown, uh, clampdown on immigration. So there's often these uh, nursing homes are staffed by immigrants, and also those certainly that provide home health. A lot fewer of those people around being invited here. Uh, and so that's part of the problem, driving up costs and limiting availability. Well, I, I think it's, I think it's a, it's, it's all of the above, Dave. You've got a, an industry that's literally collapsing, that was losing uh, billions going into COVID, made it in the hundreds of millions of dollars during COVID, and is probably going back to losing money because 
it's it's the law the nature of a long lived policy with people who keep needing more services. It's it's the you know the 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 it's 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 hard to it to actually estimate correctly the compound cost increase when you combine the fact that they missed how long people were going to live, they probably mispriced healthcare inflation, and they may have coverage that's pretty considerable. And depending on the policy that was sold, they may the company may not have the ability to actually increase its prices consistent with actually paying for its long-term liabilities. In addition, the nature, the mix of things that people need has gone from being more predictably nursing home, classically custodial care in a in an okay facility. I don't think anyone's that people people aren't you know competing on the uh, if for the most part the industry's not competing on quality it's competing on you know value uh but also assisted living where you need a little less custodial care it's more expensive because there's 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 less people kind of managing your drugs and managing your ADLs and frankly care to the home where 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 honestly you know the vast majority of people really want to get care uh and support in the home they don't want to leave their homes in fact that can be a a devastating indicator of how long you're going to live is is really losing your capacity for independent living and all of that for those policies that provided support for assisted living and home aids have also exploded so the mix of services is getting more expensive the burden on the on the on the um on the companies has gotten greater but David, this is there's got to be a solution. Yeah, here. John, I, I, how, I, how, 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 this is this is this is a bad news story all around. This is exactly what insurance is for, and it doesn't seem like the industry is competent at providing it. So, what are some alternatives? I mean, how do we fix this? Yeah, I mean, I think I was going to point out that you're a real Debbie Downer on this topic, so we, we better come up with some solutions. So uh, let's let's break it up to a couple of areas. One is what can people do you know, on an individual basis now, and then what should sort of reform should be made long-term care insurance, and then more broadly, what kind of structural things. So what does an individual family do now? Either they have, they don't have long-term care insurance, it's unaffordable, they have needs. Well, there's a few things. One is they just delay care so that someone is just suffering more. And instead of uh, two ADLs, they've got three or more, five things that they can't handle. The family chips in to help, either uncompensated or undercompensated, they spend down to Medicaid. That's what a lot of people do. So that's kind of on the individual level. Explain I, explain what that spend down to Medicaid yeah. means. So I said we would come back to this, John, because it's something, you know, 40 plus percent, 44% of the total spending on long-term care is from Medicaid. Now that's not just because poor people got, you know, got sick and needed to, uh, need to go to the nursing home. What happens is that uh, people that were uh, better off ended up qualifying for Medicaid uh, in, in order to uh, get long-term care insurance. Often that's because they just, you know, spent all their, their money up front. They now qualify for Medicaid because they don't have assets and their income is low. Uh, it also sometimes people intentionally kind of spend down, give money away or hide it, uh, so that they can qualify for Medicaid. That I don't, I mean, that's what happens. I don't think that's a good solution. That's not really what Medicaid should be, uh, should be spending all its money on. In the long-term care insurance market itself, I would like to see policies that are more like insurance. Sometimes we think about health insurance, you know, it covers all the routine things. Insurance is really for uh, things that are unlikely to occur and would be devastating if they did. A lot of the nursing home stays are not that long. So it's a year and a half on average, but 
to be able to make it so that people could perhaps pay for the first few months or six months of care in a nursing home and then have the insurance kick in and not have a limit. You know, that would be that, that I think could work, but that's not allowed according to the, uh, to the regulations. That's one thing you could do on the long-term care insurance. I, I think all the, all your ideas are terrible. I think we need a, a state or federal solution. This has got to be like flood insurance, David. We've got this mega wave of aging Americans. Uh, we've got a, an, a, 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 an industry that doesn't really do a very good job at insurance or support. And we've got an underfunded elderly services industry, home health. We can't get enough home health aides, to your point, because we've screwed up and we've clamped down on immigration, which is the, one of the greatest sources of labor relief in an area where people aren't paid enough to do really tough but really vital jobs that 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 really provide for the civility of aging with grace, even if you're even if you're if you're near near death. There are other countries that have figured this out. I mean, Singapore and the Netherlands, uh, two of your favorite vacation destinations, yeah. have 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 actually have got federal funds for those countries that provide for long term care insurance. I mean, we should probably figure out how effective they are because in both cases those are very long lived populations. Yeah. The state of Washington has a has a is is now providing and it's not unlimited coverage but coverage for everybody in the state. But I think that in, in, in absence of an effective private sector with this massive problem, we've got to see some public sector solutions. I mean, what do you think of that? Yeah, John, so, so you know, like Singapore and the Netherlands, so, so let's find like two of the smallest countries and uh, give those an, an example. Sure, well, how they, about but people live for But people live for, for an awfully long time and they're both well-organized, relatively yeah. inexpensive, very effective healthcare systems. Thank you very much, David. Yep. You've got well, to do look, your research. We look better than Russia. How's that? So, John, on these, you know, on these points. So, you mentioned flood insurance. So, flood insurance is great, right? So, the the feds come in and they subsidize uh, people that are living, you know, close to the ocean. The problem with flood insurance, John, is it doesn't solve the problem of climate change, right? If there's going to be bigger hurricanes and more flooding, you know, flood insurance. Sure, it helps if you're. Not my if point. You're for, if you're Florida, right? Point. That's a different. So, it's a it's a different podcast. So you're, you're not going to you're not going to be able to reduce the cost of health of long term care insurance without reducing the, but we can, the cost of the. But we could at least be honest about the social obligations we cover for health insurance. That's why we have Medicare and Medicaid. No one's talking about taking that away. Well, maybe some of your Republican buddies are. Yeah. But in general. We understand that that's that that providing some element of universal coverage is part of our obligation as a country and as a state. Why don't we treat uh, the, the 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 last six to twelve months of, of 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 your and my life with the same respect we treat you know the the, the earlier er, earlier parts of life? That this elementally is is driving, I'm sure, uh, mental health and other clinical costs because in some cases people who can't get a space in the nursing home actually do end up stuck in a hospital, frankly, because it's easier to get paid. I mean, we've got to do a better job. And I, I, I do think the, the, I think this is one of those situations, David, where the private sector has failed and the public sector has to step in. What's your problem with that? John, one of the examples of dysfunction that was mentioned in a good uh, Kaiser Health News uh, article on this, which was authored, uh, co-authored by one of our former guests, uh, Jordan Rao, um, was that there was somebody that was, that was denied coverage. There was denied, uh, yeah, they were denied long-term care insurance because they were taking antidepressants. And they were taking antidepressants apparently to deal with the stress of caring for their elder 
who didn't have a long-term care insurance himself. So yeah, there's plenty of problems, John. I think we do have the federal solution, which is Medicaid that exists, and we should be focusing on reducing the need for long-term care and reducing the cost of it and focus less on the insurance side. That's my suggestion. Well, I think you, you're, you, you've had a couple of examples of Congress, some bipartisan ideas, the Class Act and others, which haven't gotten any traction. But I think we've got to dust those off and we've got to think about a big government solution here, regardless of what you and your Republican buddies okay. are thinking about it. So I, I, like, I, like your, I like the fact you're in Trump colors, by the way. Thank you, John. My, my last point was going to be that uh, class act and Congress, I think, are an oxymoron. So I'm not surprised that didn't get, that getting, didn't get through. Well, that's it for yet another episode of Care Talk. We've been talking today about long-term care insurance or the lack thereof. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. If you liked what you heard or you didn't, we'd love it if you subscribe on your favorite service.